Oh, not so sprightly this morning. Good morning, how are we doing? Hey, there's a few more awake. Well done for braving the wind. I had to put five lots of hairspray on this morning just to walk out the door. And, um, but hey, I made it. <laughs> um, today we're going to be hanging out in uh, Exodus, second part of Exodus we'll be looking at. Um, mainly we're going to be looking at chapter 12, uh, but I want to dip into chapter 15 a little bit as well, if that's okay. So if you've got your Bible with you, do turn to Exodus chapter 12, and we're just going to read a little of that together to start with. We're going to read verses 1 to 11 together. Here we go. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. That night, that same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat meat raw or boiled in water but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some of it is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. One of my favorite passages of scripture, mainly because it talks about eating roast lamb and it talks about eating it quickly. And if you've ever eaten with me, you know I like to eat quickly, just in case there are seconds before anybody else gets there. So um, (laughs) what are we going to pull out of this passage today? Okay, before we get there, before we get there, who's still reading? Who's with me? Who's still reading the Bible in two years? Wow, amazing, amazing. Keep going. I really want to encourage you to do that. Um, If you haven't started yet, uh, do grab a copy copy of the Reading uh, in Two Years program is at the back, or you can find it on the website under the Our Community page. And if you've dropped behind, don't worry, you are forgiven, okay? If you've dropped behind, just join back in today or tomorrow. Don't worry about trying to catch up, just join in where you are. It's okay, okay? We just want to read the scriptures together every day. Not because we want to understand all of it, we, we want to understand it, right? But mainly because every day when we read it, even if we just read a verse a day, it does something to our hearts. It aligns our hearts with heaven. We might not even understand the words that we've read, but if we get into the habit of reading it every day, we create space in our lives for Jesus to meet with us. And that is why we want to do this. That is why. The uncovering all the stuff as we go, the interesting debates about all the weird things that you'll have in your home group, that's just part of the fun that comes with it. Okay? But the main thing is we want to create space for Jesus in our lives. And this is one of the main ways that we can do that. So I encourage you to, to get on board with that and join in with that. Um, 
the more of us that are doing it, the more committed we'll be when we hit Numbers and Leviticus and all of those fascinating books. So we can help each other through, okay? So um, what I'd love you to do is you've got 30 seconds each. You know how this works by now. Uh, you turn to the person next to you and just share with them something from the reading this week that has stood out to you. It might be that God inspired you through it. It might be that you've never read that bit before and never noticed it. It might be that that bit completely weirded you out and you thought, what on earth is going on there. Whatever it is, I just want you to share with the person next to you. And if you're not following along with our reading, that's okay. You're forgiven as well. Um, But if you're not following along, just share with the person next to you something that you've read this week or something that you've seen of God, whether that is in nature or a way that God's spoken to you, that's absolutely fine. We just want to encourage each other with the things that God is doing and speaking into our lives. So take 30 seconds each. That's one minute and your time starts now. Okay, you've got 10 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Draw your focus back this way. Um, so, we have been. Uh, journeying through Genesis and Exodus together over the last kind of month or so. And and over the last few weeks, um, well, you might remember we talked about uh, a few weeks ago building our lives like an ark. Do you remember that? We want to build our lives around the person of Jesus. Uh, We talked about the why we do it, because we want to create space for God in our lives. We believe that when God speaks, life happens, miracles happen, things that are dead come to life again, and and people are set free. We want to create space for that king, that God to be at work in our lives. And and, and, uh, we talked about the where, the where you're going to build. Do you remember that? It's important thinking about what you're building on and where you've positioned yourself. And, And maybe you're up with all of that and you're thinking, right, great ready to build my life around Jesus this year. Um, but before we jump into to, to doing that together, as we walk together in this, I, I, I want to just ask the question, are you ready for what God has for you this year? Are you ready? Are we ready for what God has for us this year? Are we ready as a community? Are we ready for the promises that he's spoken over this church over the 200 years it's been around? Are we ready to step into the call that he's got for us to be his church in this part of the city in Bristol? Are you ready to live out the fullness of life that he's promised over you? Are you ready for that? And I want to look at a few things that I think that we can learn from the Israelites, from this story and from, and from Exodus 15, about being ready to step into all that God has for us, about being ready to step into the new, to step into the call, to step into the fullness of God. So we're just going to jump in 
Um, and I'm going to take a, a few of these verses, a verse at a time, um, and we're just going to unpack some of the stuff that, as I was reading it, just kind of stirred my heart, and I thought, yes, yes, this is what God wants to say to us this week. So let's just pray again. Father, thank you that you're always speaking. <laughs> thank you that you're a God of goodness, and you're a God of hope. Thank you, Father, that you have gone before us into all that you are calling us into, individually and corporately as a church. And God, we want to be open this morning to what you're saying. Father, I pray that you use my words, but I pray that beyond that, your spirit would be speaking directly into our hearts in this room today. Come, Lord. Come and minister your word to us by your spirit, we pray. Amen. Okay. Exodus 12, verse 1, the Lord, Yahweh, for those of you that remember, it says Lord in capital letters, that is the name of God himself. So he, him himself, God, Yahweh, um, said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt. Now, I just want to stop there. Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt. There's something amazing in the Bible about when God speaks, and you see it right at the beginning in Genesis. When God speaks, something happens straight away. There, are power, there is power in his words. In the Hebrew, to speak is literally synonymous with to do. Okay, the two things are inseparable. You cannot speak and not do. They are literally one of the same thing. To speak is to do. And so when God speaks, it happens okay God speaks it is his action it actually happens and um and here God is speaking who wants God to speak into their lives absolutely yeah come on amen that's amazing me too me too I want God to speak and I want God to move in my life he is not done moving yet he did some amazing things on the cross but there's more that was just the invitation in. That was dealt with everything that had gone before. There's a future hope yet to be fulfilled in our lives. A spirit that we get to walk in step with that is producing fruit within us. And he speaks and life happens. And where does he speak to Moses and Aaron? In Egypt. In Egypt. I love that. Ever been kind of thinking, like, I so want God to do something in my life. When I get out of this mess then I'll, I'll sit and talk with the Lord. <laughs> when I've dealt with this and all the worry of this and everything that's going on and all that I'm bound up in, when I've dealt with it and I've got over my debt and I've got over my addiction and I've got free of this and I've got out of this ridiculous job, into, not that this job's ridiculous, by the way, it's not, out of this ridiculous job and into something new, like when I've got there, then, then I'm sure that God will move in my life. Then, but not then, now. While they were in Egypt, the Lord spoke to them. He spoke. He was at work. He was doing amazing things. I want to encourage you, those of you that have been thinking like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I'm busy at work right now, or I'm, but family life is really hard. And, but when all this is okay, maybe when we hit the summer, you know, things have calmed down a little bit, then I'll join in with the Bible reading. <laughs> then I'll do it. Then I'll start praying a little bit more. Then I'll really engage with worship. When all this is out of my head and, and I'm over that hurt or that brokenness or that pain, then when I'm in worship, I'll lift my hands. Then I'll go for it. But no, even while you're still standing in Egypt, whatever that is for you, God wants to speak and act. You don't have to be anywhere else. Right here, 
right now is where God can and will speak and act in your life. In fact, you'll know that God called Moses to set the Israelites free from Egypt, didn't he? But in order to do that, he had to send Moses to Egypt. Now, maybe you're thinking, oh, when I was a teenager and I gave my life to Jesus, someone prophesied over me and and there was this prophetic call on my life to do this amazing thing, to do this amazing thing. And at some point I'm going to get there. Somehow right now it feels like I've taken a detour and I've landed somewhere else. I've landed in Egypt, in a foreign land. But actually, where you are right now could be the very place that God wants you. In fact, it's the key to unlocking all that he's calling you into. Right now, where you are is where he can speak and act. It's not about where you're going to be. He is wherever you are. He is there and he can speak and he can act. You know from my journey, this is part of the call on my life that I felt God gave me when I was a teenager. And yet, in my 20s, I ended up somewhere completely different. Now, I led myself there, but God was speaking and acting in that moment. And actually, the things that I discovered there, that he taught me there about his faithfulness, about his love that never fails. Man, I knew that stuff before, but I know it now. But I know it now. And I am equipped much better to do what I'm called to do now because of the journey that he led me on, because of the Egypt that I stopped off in. Wherever you are, God is at work. Do not doubt that. He can work where you are. Stop thinking that you need to be somewhere else. You don't. You don't. Let's look at verse 2. This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Now, Uh, The month that they were in was the month of Aviv uh, in the Hebrew. And um, actually, this month, which was now to be the first month, was originally the month of theirs. It was the seventh month, if they'd been following the calendar of where they lived. So this was just a random month partway through the year. And God says, no, 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 this is no longer just a random month. This month of Aviv is now to be the first month of your year. Your whole year is shifting and is starting now. This new season begins today. And I love that. Because it was just a random moment, right? How many of us are like, oh, at that point, that's when God will move. At that point, you know? Not just when I get somewhere else physically, but at a different point in time. When I'm old enough, when I'm retired, oh, you know, even you think, well, maybe I've missed it now and I'm too old. We've gone past that month. And, and actually, I just want to let you know this. God can take the most mundane month or moment of your life and transform it and make it the most spectacular. Because it's not about the when, it's about the who. It's about the who is doing it. And he can act in any moment. He is the amazing thing. Not the time, him. He's always at work, always speaking. And so you don't need to get to a different season for God to work. God can work in the seasons that you are in. Don't need to be in a different place. Don't need to be in a different time. He's God, no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, no matter what season you're in. He is the Lord who speaks and brings forth life. And he speaks all the time. We just need to listen. We just need to be aware. So as this passage unfolds, I'm not going to read all the verses again, uh, but you can scan your eyes down. As this passage unfolds, they get all of this weird stuff about getting a lamb or a goat, a kid, and and killing it. Not a child, a kid as in a little goat. And and killing it and painting the blood around the posts. And and we know this is all linked to the Passover. 
Yet in this moment, the Passover hasn't yet happened. Okay, this is the instruction to get ready for it. God's about to come and he's going to do this thing. He's going to set them free and this is how he's going to work it out. Now they need to do something in order for that to happen. Here's what I, I want to take from that for us. Are we ready? We can be in that moment and we can hear that call. We can be in that place and recognize that God is speaking even here in Egypt. God is speaking. And yet we can just sit back and think, okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to just see. But they had to do something. They had to do something. They actually had to participate in what God was about to do. And in fact, the act of what they did, it was prophetic. It actually opened up the doorway for what God wanted to do. It declared before it happened their trust and their faith that God was going to do all that he said he was going to do. That, that's what it is. And I wonder, I wonder for us, like, when God speaks, do we just sit back and go, all right, Lord, I'm just going to wait for you to do that? Because I think that when he does that, when we do that, he's like, no, Matt, I'm waiting for you to step out now. Step out of the boat onto the water. I'm waiting for you to speak it out. And as you do, it's going to happen. I'm waiting for you to step into all that I've got for you. All that I've got for you. I wonder how... Um, as we came into this year, I wonder what you started to think about what God was going to do in your life. You know, does God want to work in your finances this year? Is that something you've been struggling with? Is it an addiction? Is it in, is it in freedom from something? And I believe that God wants to work in all of those areas of our lives. Maybe for you it's one of those specifically or it's a different area specifically. But here's the thing, that God will work in your life. But he wants you to step out in faith into that and to show that you're ready for him to work in that. Here's the thing, God's going to work in my finances. Okay, well, what, do you trust him in that? Are you tithing in that? That's a big thing for a lot of us, to tithe. Money is tight these days, right? Life is expensive. Things happen. But God's like, I really want to work in the area of your finances. Are you tithing? Do you trust him before anything else? Even when you can't see what it's going to look like, even when it feels like, gosh, we're going to kill this lamb and paint the blood on our doorposts, I'm going to look ridiculous. The Egyptians are going to think, what are you up to? The world is going to look and think, well, why would you give 10% of your money or whatever you decide in your heart that God's calling you to do? Why would I give that to the church? Like, are you part of a cult? What, what is that about? And, and, but actually, there's this, this trust in God. Trust is lived out. It is an action. It looks like something. It isn't just a thought, yes, Lord, I trust you. Trust is something we live out and in all the areas of our life. You know, maybe God wants to work in setting you free from some hurt and some pain. But that might look like you stepping out first and forgiving someone. That might look like that. See, what they do in this passage is they kickstart their new year with what becomes a festival. It is a religious uh, act, a ritual, a celebration. And the, and the verses after it talk about how they're to do it every year. Every year do this. And it becomes something they do to remember. But when they first do it, when they first do it... <laughs> Brilliant. When they first do it, it is something that they do to look forward, not something they do to remember what God has done. It's something that they do in, in hope and in trust and in faith that God will work. He will work. You know, maybe God wants to set you free this year. And actually, he's like, are you going to step into that? Will you dance in worship? Will you dance in worship? Who cares what people think? 
Will you just go for it? Will you throw your arms up in the air and just trust that he is good? Will you do that? I don't know what that is for you, but, but I believe that if we're going to step into all that he has for us this year, if we're going to walk into that, it starts with hearing his promise and his call, but then the first thing we have to do is act, is celebrate that before it's even happened. You remember the story of Jericho? When the walls come down, God's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy this city and you're going to take it. But I want you to march around it and worship me. And so they just march around it and they worship him. And they worship in faith, not because he's done it yet, but because he said he will do it. And when he says it, he will do it. <laughs> Maybe you're sat here thinking, gosh, well, that's, that's great. But I don't actually know what God has spoken over my life or what he's calling me to. Now, some of you might have specific calls on your life. You might feel that. Maybe you've called to be an evangelist or called to a certain area in industry or whatever it is. That's the call on your life. Called to be a parent and raise a family, whatever the call was. But some of us thinking, well, gosh, I don't know what that is. Well, I can tell you now, if you read the Bible, there's basic calls for all of us. Jesus says, I came that you might have life and life in all of its fullness. Promise number one, that you would live, that you would have life in all of its fullness. Jesus said that he'd come that we might have eternal life. And in the Gospel of John, you might remember, he says, this is eternal life, that they would know the Father. Hey, promise number two, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, however you're living, you can know and walk in relationship with the Father, the creator of everything at every moment. Promise number two. Another promise that comes out of scripture, the promises of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, all those things, the promise of self-control. Actually, Jesus says, when you walk in step with my spirit, when you receive the gift of my spirit, these things, these fruits are produced within you. I promise you that if you walk in step with my spirit, this stuff is going to come out of you. It's going to come out of you. There are some basic things that we can rely on and trust in that Jesus has called us to, that he has spoken over us. And even if you don't have something that you think God has promised you for this year, there are things in his word that are promises always, always, always for us to walk into. How are you going to start? How are you going to celebrate that? How are you going to act in faith before that even happens? If we want to step into the new, then we need to live it out before it happens and trust that he will do it. Um, another little side note for you, I, I, I love this one. You'll notice there that they're referred to as the community of Israel. So he says, hey, go tell the community of Israel. This is the very first time in the Bible, the very first time that they are ever referred to as that, ever. They're referred to as the descendants of Israel. They're referred to as uh, the sons of Jacob. They're, referred to, they're never referred to as the community of Israel until this moment, which tells us something else. When God does something new and we celebrate that together, we build that ritual in and we say, yes, we trust you. In that moment, we discover our identity. Many of us are trying to figure out who we are, how we feel, what our purpose is in life. Let me tell you, this is how you do it. You trust in him. You put him above it all. You look forward to what he is going to do. Often when we start a new year or a new season, we get into this habit, don't we, where we look forward and think, here are all the things I want to achieve this year. Here's my bucket list. Here's my goal. This is what I want to do this year. But the best way to start a new season is to look forward and say, what is he going to achieve this year? 
What is he going to bring about in me? What is he going to lead me into? That is the best way because it's in him that we discover our identity, in him. He made us. He knows us. He loves us. He breathed life into us. If you want to know who you are and you want to discover more about yourself, put him first in everything. Put him first in everything. Um, that is, that's why our vision for this year, uh, being with Jesus, learning from Jesus, becoming like Jesus, it actually starts with the word together, being with Jesus, learning from Jesus, becoming like Jesus. Because this stuff doesn't happen on its own. It happens in community. It happens as together we help each other walk with Jesus. And in April, uh, on the Tuesday nights, the four Tuesday nights in April, we want to invite the whole church to come here instead of doing home groups. And we want to invite you to come here. We're going to look at discipleship together. We're going to unpack that vision together. We're going to do this discipleship course. And what does it really look like to build our lives around Jesus? And, And we're going to be looking at that. And part of that is looking at this idea of together, community. That's how it happens. So, um, are you with me so far? Yeah. If you want to step into all that God's got for you, we need to start with him. Starts with his promise, starts with his word. We don't need to be anywhere else. Don't have to wait for a different moment. This morning, in this place, at this time, God can and will speak to you if you're open to it. He can. And in this moment, we can start to build our lives in a way that says, I want to step into all that you have for me, Jesus. I trust you. So, can I read... Genesis, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter 15 for you. Just as you're finding that in chapter 12, verse 11, you notice this little bit where it says, you know, I want you to eat this in haste. Tuck your cloak into your belt. Have your sandals on your feet. Basically, what God's saying is do it now. Do it now. Don't wait. Do it now. Now is the time. Now is the moment. Now is the place to be ready for all that he's about to unlock and do in our lives. Now, today, in this place, as you sit here and we're eating this together, the word of God together, metaphorically, have your cloak tucked into your belt and your sandals on your feet. Be ready because now is the now moment where God can and will speak and call us forward. Okay. Exodus 15. I'm just going to read a chunk of this together. So from verse 1, Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver, he is hurled into the sea. By the way, when I was thinking about this in the week, I did try and come up with a little melody to sing it to you, but I decided not to do that. Um, Verse 2, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. But, the blast, but by the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. 
The enemy boasted, I will pursue them. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone. Until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by, you will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. Okay, amazing song, right? So... A moment ago, we were saying, hey, if we want to move forward, we need to be equipped and ready. We need to trust in God. We need to build our lives that way and step out in faith. Here's the thing as well. Some of you have been through that moment. Some of you have started your first moment. You've trusted, you've built, you've got on with it, and you got through something. And now you're standing the other side of the first moment, and you've got another moment ahead of you. There's something yet to come. And this song teaches us how we can move forward into the next thing see we all have the cross behind us we can all look to that and trust what he's done and there's more to come and what I love about this um, I, I love about this is that in order to look forward sometimes we need to look back first okay in order to look forward, we need to look back. Check this song out. The first kind of 12 verses, they're all about what God has done. They're all about what God has achieved. The wonders of his mighty hand. You brought us through. You did this. You drowned the enemy. You set us free. And then it changes tact and it shifts. And they start to look forward because their journey's not over. Your journey is not over. Some of you came to faith and you came to church and you stopped. But your journey is not over. There is more that he has for us. And so they've come through this journey and they're looking forward at what is yet to come. And they're looking at the Canaanites and the Moabites and the Edomites and all the other ites that they <laughs> are going to have to go into battle against. They're, they're supposed to be taking this land from and moving into the, where the mountain of the Lord is, where they're going to settle. And do you notice what they sing about that? <sighs> all those other nations, which if you read later in the Bible, it tells you are way bigger than Israel. Ah, oh, all those other nations. They're just going to stand in silence as we walk past. They're going to tremble in their boots as they hear that we're coming. I mean, what confidence? What confidence? Why have they got that confidence? Because they've been looking back at all that God has done. Now, we can all look back, 
right? Most of us are pretty good at looking back to how things used to be. We can all look back. But quite often when we look back, what we look back at are negative things. We can often look back at how terrible that was, how hurt I was, how much that destroyed our community, how this went tragically wrong and how annoying that person was and why did we ever put that person into lead and whatever happened with this. And we can all look back and we're so often bent on looking back to the negative things. Here's the problem with that. The way you look back affects the trajectory that you look forward with. Okay? If you look back at the negative things, you will look forward negatively and you will end up on a downward spiral, not one of faith. If we look back again and again and again at how, I don't know, for us as a church, if we keep looking back and going, man, money's so tight, like that was a real disaster, that or what happened there, then when we look forward, that's the future we're going to pay for ourselves. That's the future we'll pay for ourselves. But if we look back at all that God has done by his mighty arm, then when we look forward, we'll set a trajectory of one of trusting in him for what is yet to come. When we look back and we go, yeah, it was tight financially that year, but man, God brought us through. Like, he did the impossible. Like, how amazing is that? Then suddenly we start looking forward going, yeah, this year, it looks tight. But what God... What a God we have. And he has spoken future and hope over us. And so this is not a problem for us. Because this, he has taken care of. He has dealt with. And he will deal with. We can't see it yet, but he will. The way we look back affects the way we look forward. And I just want to encourage you guys. I'm guilty of it too. We all do it. It's a human thing. Okay? I'm not standing here telling you I'm right and you're wrong. That's not true. That's never true. I'm always going to be up here telling you I'm with you. <laughs> okay? But, but when we look back, like I just want to say to you, don't look back at the negative. Choose not to. They could have looked back. And they could have looked back at the fact that, that even when God spoke... And Moses came in and stuff started happening. They're like, yeah, we're going to be set free. But they look back and what they see is that Pharaoh makes their life even more difficult. Actually, he made it even more difficult. They put us in slavery. They started killing our baby boys and drowning them in the river. They could look back at all of that stuff, all of it. And then that would shape how they look forward. But they don't. You don't see that in this song. What you see in this song is the Lord is my strength. The Lord has done the impossible, which gives them hope that he will continue to be their strength and he will continue to do the impossible. I want to just draw your focus to um, verse 2. It says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. You might see in your Bible a little letter next to the word defense. And if you jump down to the bottom or the side, depending on how your Bible's laid out, you'll find that letter there. And next to it, it will have another word. It will say, or oh, could be translated, song. The Lord is my strength and my song. I just want to give you another example of this before I unpack why I'm focusing on this one. Uh, but if you flick to Psalm chapter 8, verse 2, um, and I know some of the Bibles translate it differently, but the original Hebrew word for word reads like this: "Out of the mouths of babies and uh, out of the mouths of babies and infant children, you have ordained strength 
is how it reads in the original Hebrew. Now, when you get to the gospel, that's a passage that Jesus quotes. And in Matthew chapter 21, verse 16, Jesus quotes it like this. He reads it like this. He says, from the lips of children and infants, you have called forth praise. Praise. The original Hebrew reads strength. But Jesus says praise. Why? Because God's praise, the declaration of who he is, of how great he is, of how powerful he is, of all that he has done, the the praise and adoration of his name is our strength and defense. It is. It is. And so if you're standing in a moment where it looks challenging, then all you need to do is look back at all that he has done. And if you can't think of something that he has done in the last year, then you can just look here and see all that he has done at the cross, at the empty tomb, at the power that conquered death. And that is a good place to start. And you can praise him for that. And as you praise him, we are strengthened and we are defended and we are equipped for all that we are yet to walk into. Uh, Romans 12 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your good and pleasing act of worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let me just break this down. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Now, this is a passage that lots of us know. But if you unpack and go back and look at the rest of Romans, what you'll see is Paul doing this. Romans 1 and 2. We're screwed. Everything's broken. Everyone's messed up. The whole world has gone crazy and turned away from God. Everyone. And you read through chapters 3 and 4, and he's like, oh, yeah, even you Jews, all of us, we've all done it. We've all fallen short of his glory. And then you get into chapters 5 and 6 and 7 and 8, and he starts to talk about Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. And he's like, but even though we're screwed, God has made a way. He has died for us. And if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from all of this. You will. Romans 10 verse 9. And, um, and then he gets to chapter 12 and he says, therefore, guys, bearing this in mind, looking back at all that Jesus has done, now offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Worship him. Give everything to him. Sing to him, live for him, everything for him. And you know what this happens? When, when, when this happens, you know what that means for us? When we give everything for him, in view of what he's done, when we start to praise him, we are transformed, ready for the future. We, we get transformed, ready to step into what is yet to come. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Live differently. Be different. Be transformed. Be called into the promise of God over your life. The fullness of life. All of it. And I just want to encourage us today. In view of God's mercy. All that he has done. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. Worship him. Because this is the key to unlocking everything. The act of worship. Whether it's a sung song or the slaughtering of a lamb. (laughs) Let's not do that, okay? We're, that's Old Testament. We don't need to do that anymore. And, um, but we can sing and we can live. 
and we can live in a way that says, yes, Jesus, because of all that you've done, I trust you for the future. And it is that trust that is going to shape what I'm walking into. It is that trust that is going to shape this community. It is not the negative things of the past, but the glorious things that God has done with his mighty hand that is going to shape the future of this community and my life. You with me? You with me? Come on. We want to look forward. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. And I hope this encourages you. I stole this from someone the other day. I was at a, a training course and they just threw this one out there. And I thought, I love that. And it fits a little with what we're talking about today. So, um, blessings in battles. A little thought for you. When we are in a battle, we'll often ask the question, Lord, is this going to last forever? And the answer is no. And eventually we get through those battles and times of blessings come. And when we're in those battles, we're like, Lord, can this last forever? And the answer is no. (laughs) No. And we end up back in the battle. But whether you're in the time of blessing or battle, look to him. Look to him because he will lead us on. And actually it's the moments of battle where we discover that he speaks. It's the places like Egypt where God speaks and his mighty power is at work. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be a testimony to his mighty power. I don't want to get to the end of my life and have people say, wow, wasn't Matt Caddick great? Didn't he do this and this and this? I don't want that. I want to get to the end of my life and I want people to say, wow, didn't Jesus do amazing things in Matt? Look at the glory of God. How amazing is Matt's God? Like that is, that's what I want. And that is what I want for this church. For him to be glorified. Wherever you're standing right now, God can speak. Don't try and get somewhere else. Right now, he can speak and he can act. The question is, will you trust him? Will you step out? And if you're questioning that, I want to encourage you, look back at all that God has done and start to praise him for that, because that will build your faith for what is yet to come. If he's going to come and and lead some worship for us... um, and I, I just, I'm going to leave this mic just here. And uh, I just want to invite you guys as we worship. Just, if you're up for it, come up and share a testimony, a praise of God. It only needs to be 20 or 30 seconds long. You don't need to preach. We've, we've done that already. Everyone's like, please shut him up. Um, we don't need another preach, okay? But come up. And it maybe is just Jesus like, I am amazed at your grace for me and how you died for me on the cross. Maybe it's Jesus, your mighty hands brought me out of addiction. Praise you, God. And you can go and sit back down. And I just want to invite us to do that because I believe that in this room, none of you are here just because. You are here because at some point, whether that was last week, last year, or 10 or 20 years ago, Jesus did something in your life. And I believe he's still doing things, whether we're aware of it or not. And I just want us to encourage one another as a community to sing the praises of what he has done Mm. so that we can start looking forward to what he will do. So I'm going to leave it here. And Fee is going to lead us. Um, But don't just come up. She can stop singing and step back and we can hear your testimony and praise God. And that might might spur us into more praise. Is that okay? Yeah, let me just pray and and then we'll we'll do that. Father, you're amazing. (laughs) And amazing doesn't quite cut it, actually. You're you're ineffably sublime. Mm. I love that line. Ineffably sublime. 
There are no words for how great you are. Forgive us, Lord, when we take our eyes off and we forget just how great and how good and how wonderful and powerful and merciful and gracious you are. But we give you praise right now. We give you praise because thousands of years ago you set your people free from Egypt. We give you praise because on the cross you died and then you rose again for us, calling us into life. We give you praise because today you are setting people free from Egypt. God, we give you praise. You're amazing. Amazing. Mm.